You've heard whispers and rumors that the FBI has been poking around. Personally, I would tell you to take that seriously. And I say this because when it happened to me around my medical practice, as patients came in and told me that the FBI was asking questions, I just thought thought it was all a big mistake. But it wasn't. Hello and welcome. My name is Mark Gladstein and I'm the physician who founded the Physician Pre-Sentence Report Service. After 30 years in practice, <clears throat> my morning was interrupted by the feds with a 6 a.m. knock at my front door and a 8 a.m. visit at my medical practice, which interrupted my patients and staff, all for a problem I created. As I was guilty, I pleaded to a felony and was convicted of a felony white-collar crime and sentenced to time in the Federal Bureau of Prisons, now considered a justice-impacted person, of which all of you will become familiar. After my release and several years of hard work with the support of several colleagues around the country, I was grateful to have my license completely restored in full in 2010. It was around that time that I chose to use my skills in medicine with my understanding of the Federal Bureau of Prisons to assist those of you who, like me, find themselves facing our criminal justice system. While I found myself totally unprepared, I made it a mission to provide you with the resources that you will need so you'll become prepared because in prison as in life, preparation does equal survival, and while your stay in prison will be temporary and a bit unsettling, the goal is to become productive, follow your reentry plan, and get home as soon as possible. So let's try and get to it. So you've, you've been the target of the FBI. What are your options? You're hearing whispers. So initially, you're going to have to start interviewing attorneys. At this time, you want to ask questions and get references. So how do you go about doing this? Well, you speak with the attorney and you ask if you, he could have a couple clients that you could just talk to. If he should have a couple clients that think enough of him that wouldn't mind taking a couple minutes, five minutes to speak with you on the phone. Next, you would like to read a couple of his sentencing memorandums. These are written a week and sent, submitted to the court a week before the sentencing hearing. Here you're looking to see or compare if he uses the exact same sentencing memorandum for everybody. So you just don't want one. You like to get three or four. And you want to see if he's using the same for everybody. And this is important because if they're the same, and you, I guess I would want them for the same case that you're on. So if it's a drug case, then you want sentencing memorandums for drug cases, that type of thing. And you want to compare them. The next benchmark you're going to go through is pre-sentence interview preparation, which is crucial, cru is critical. You're going to be your own best advocate. So here is 
where it starts. It started with looking for an attorney, and now it's going to be part in preparing for the pre-sentence interview. You're going to be asking yourself, now are you confident? Do you have confidence in your defense, defense team, if it's, you know, if it's a firm? Then you need to know, not at this time, but you're going to be need to answering this question. Are you going to need to add additional team partners who specialize, specialize in sentencing mitigation? And what's that? what that is involved is like diminishing the impact of the sentence. Allocution is preparing you to speak directly to the judge at the sentencing hearing. That's part of the job of the attorney, but they may not be ready for that. The personal narrative. I will tell you that I was fully unprepared for any of this. Okay, the the judge asked me at sentencing if I had anything to say. I turned around and looked at my lawyer. I didn't know that he was going to ask me anything. So the personal narrative, that needs to be done months before the sentencing hearing. I mean, you need to do that. That needs to, it's going to take a couple months to write. It's a very critical document. And re, your reentry release planning advocacy. This is a long, involved plan. And so this is some attorneys are will welcome someone who specializes in this. Some attorneys know all of this on their own. And, you know, that is not the, that is not common, but there are definitely those that are very well prepared. So it's just for you to be aware. And all of this has to be done long before the pre-sentence interview. Because if not, there are no redos here and this is your future. So you need to speak up now between you and yourself to decide what you want to do. Preparation and self-advocacy here is core values. We started already with preparation. You've done the interview. You picked the attorney and you've let him know you've already given him a heads up. This is a joint project, which means as you, you're paying him, but he, he needs to take input from you also. Now, again, I'll go back to myself. I was not the best defendant. I was a deer in headlights the entire time. So I'm not the best role model. But the first decision here is trial or plea. 98% of federal cases are guilty. If you have a strong case and you're honest with yourself, you're honest with your attorney, and your attorney says go to trial, and you say go to trial, then stick with your guns. Otherwise... Um, if you plea, then you don't get as much of a charge. And if you go to trial and you lose, the, the prosecutor is going to want to charge you much more harshly. Practicing allocution and your and the memorandum, this before the sentencing hearing, this is stuff that you will do with your attorney. They may not want to do it, but in order to get it right, you probably need them to practice this. Again, this has to be done or started long before sentencing. This is like after the guilty, 
you know, you need time guilty or you're guilty. And now you have all this work has to be done. And it's a, it's a crunch time. It's 90 days. It's a long, it, it has to happen very fast. And you're not going to get all that three months you need. It's a lot of time. It's, it's going to be, I think, a month between when you're guilty to when. Uh, I'm not sure of the numbers, so don't hold me to it. The member man, the, the personal narrative is going to take you a long time to do. The memorandum is given by your attorney, but you want to review it with him before they send it in. Your pre-sentence interview. You need to know your narrative. You need to know know it cold. It should be written and have been rewritten and and proofed by other people than other than you and your lawyer. Um, multiple times, it would have had to gone four or five or six rewrites completely to the point where you know it cold. And then, as you're going through your interview with the probation officer, you're attorney has already begun to lay the groundwork of having it added to the pre added to the interview to be placed into the pre-sentence report but you are in your conversation with the probation officer weaving it into that conversation self-advocacy the same skills that made you successful and, and had you being self-motivated, you're going to have to pull on those skills now, too. Again, your attorney's request, your narrative is in your pre-sentence report. Your re-entry planning has also been worked on. Your sentence mitigation strategies that you have, have already um, embedded into your personal narrative are part of before sentencing and will also be implemented during while you're in the BOP or during incarceration. And working together with your with your attorney, it's at every stage in the process. A bit of review. You need to be honest with your attorney from the beginning. Nobody wants surprises. You don't want your attorney, whether you're at trial or at plea during the plea phase, where the prosecution says something and your attorney has the rug pull out from underneath him. He has no idea what where the prosecutor got that information and now he has to fake it. You don't want that. You want your prosecutor your attorney should be one hundred percent on point with everything. Your pre sentence interview. Your attorney should know everything about you. Your pre-probation officer should not uncover anything new that you, that your own attorney does not know. Your biographical background and criminal background, everything your, your attorney should know. Your medical information, all that information you should have to your attorney. And it's in your interest for it to be there, because if it's not there, you're going to pay for it later once you're in prison. If you're taking any medications, all of your doctors and all of each of your doctor's orders individually, you should have copies of all their records, nice and neat in your possession, everything. 
You should have copies of all of your laboratory tests, that would be blood tests, x-rays, MRI scans, CT scans, operating room operating notes, pathology notes, everything that's available. Currently, they're on CD and they're on CDs. If you're taking prescriptions, you should have, if you're self-surrendering, a month worth of prescriptions to take in with you or three weeks. And the worst that can happen is that they throw them away. The best that they happen is that they take them in. All your medications, you should have all the original prescriptions. Each one of your medications should be evaluated against all of the medications that the Federal Bureau of Prisons has online. And if you're taking brand names, they should be evaluated against the generic medications that the Federal Bureau of Prisons has online. And then against the non-formulary medications that they have. And if they're not available, then you and your attorney should speak with the doctor that you go to and review the list in the entire list with that doctor to see if there's an equivalent substitution that they, he could recommend. If not, then your doctor should be willing, hopefully, to one, dictate a letter or video testimony, as well as show up at the hearing and explain either one, why the medication is required and I don't know if that means that it, it would affect your continuity of health or if it's life-threatening. If it's life-threatening, mean, maybe it means you stay at home. Or if it's continuity of health, maybe it means the BOP has to get it. But either way, his testimony has to be there on the record so that it goes to the Federal Bureau of Prisons. And so he'll get paid for that somehow. Um in addition to all of your medical records, character reference letters. These are references to your character. So people who have known you for a long time, it doesn't have to be to a state senator that you've never met. It could be to a rabbi or a, a priest or a father or someone, clergy who has known you since you were a peewee. And maybe that you, you know, things that you did, there were good deeds, but they also have to know put into the character letter that they know that you have a charge hanging over your head. If it's an employer, they know you have a charge, you're a good employer, that they would hire you once you come out. If it's a colleague, that they'd be willing to take you into practice once you come back out, should the law allow it. Um, if, it if you have a military background, what type of discharge, what type of, what branch of the military, highest honor, education, highest education level achieved, publications you've been in. Um, <clears throat> copies of your driver's license, social security card, passport, things like that. Your attorney, as soon as he is able, should try and connect with your probation officer before your interview to get a pulse on how much they already know. Have they spoken with the prosecutor to present their case, their defense strategy, potentially to send them an organized 
letter detailing out your case and you know and and their feelings on their defense to learn the date that the probation officer has for their final pre-sentence report dictation due what forms they need completed when they finally come for your their interview with you and what date that is if rdap or the drug program is applicable now's the time not to decide whether you want it or not assume that you want it and therefore you need to understand that to be eligible you have to have had a substance abuse problem within 12 months prior to the arrest date well that can be a substance abuse problem of alcohol or drug legal or illegal which is over the counter or prescription it can be either prescription with doctors or illegal or arrest or documented in an other manner compassionate release here is also where physician testimony on site may be important or video testimony which is are there serious medical immune 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 suppressed issues do you have I do you have trust a trans organ transplant medications that are not available through the Federal Bureau of Prisons um, are you a COVID long hauler should in the season 2022 to 2023 where COVID may come back to haunt the Federal Bureau of Prisons first step back programs your attorney will be able to know all the programs that are available. They will be able to know your risk assessment score. They will be able to know your public safety factors and, and what programs apply to any of those. This is important to figure out before you get to the pre-sentence interview because the probation officer is going to know this. They're going to know your criminal history score. You need to know that too. An example is autism and borderline personality disorder. If those apply, there's only two BOP, there's only two programs in the Federal Bureau of Prisons for each nationwide, period. And they're security level dependent. If you have dementia, there's only one place in the BOP nationwide with 35 beds, period. And so there, you know, you want to get your public safety factors correct. You want to get your criminal history score correct. First Step Act programs would be good to know because that could provide a some information for your pre-sentence report or pre-sentence interview regarding placement. Your personal narrative as I said earlier, needs to be needs to be started on early, requires a lot of work. It needs to be done before the pre-sentence interview so that you know it cold and in, it's in first person. Because the pre-sentence interview 
when the when you meet the probation officer, you need to be able to speak to them and just weave it into the conversation so that it's you know so that you'll believe it, they believe it, and it becomes part of your story and part of the pre-sentence report. And this can be in either written format and or MP4 or video format, which is a little more costly, unless it's done with the smartphone. Reemphasizing, you you need to allow time for the personal narrative to be done, and it needs help. It just can't be proved once or twice with the attorney. They're very busy. I don't know that they have time to do that, and their paralegals don't know how to do that for the most part. Your pre-sentence report is now completed with the, above, with the above. It should include your personal narrative. So we keep asking, so why is this so important? Really, the judges want to see that? Okay. Well, before we get there, so we're getting ready for the sentencing hearing. And let's say the judge is agreeable to your allocution. In other words, you've you've studied, you've got your personal narrative down cold in first person to the point where you could articulate your allocution in a conversation to the court, to the judge. The judge, judge is, is agreeable to somewhat of a depart a downward below the guidelines and is willing to give you RDAP into the right RDAP into the uh, judgment into the order for your sentencing. And the attorney can politely ask after he asks for RDAP can next politely ask for one specific BOP prison, not any BOP prison close to you, specifically name one, this BOP prison ABC, because it has this RDAP program and he should qualify it because he's under X number of months. It should qualify him into that prison. And the judge will say, okay, thank you. And, and your honor, if you could also write would it be possible that if the BOP is not able to do to, to make to honor that, could they notify the court in writing as to why they could not make the placement? And then stay quiet. So self-advocacy. And what do judges have to say all about this? Being that I've harped on this personal narrative. Well, I've got a half a dozen judges here. There's a two two journals that will talk about the federal lawyer. This one is from December, October 2019, although I'm sure there's others that are newer. There's another one from the National Association of Criminal Lawyers, the champion, March 2011. Again, I'm pretty confident there are interviews that are much more recent. And the one from the federal lawyer, Views from the Bench, 
own the mistake and demonstrate sincere remorse. Judges Richard Kopf, John D. Levy, Patty Saris, Cynthia Bishat, Morrison C. England Jr., Lawrence C. O'Neill, and James R. Redar. And essentially, they're all saying the same thing, which we'll go into review, but essentially what I'll say is that says you'll come out of the bench with a sentence already in mind. Allocution, however, changes this when I see the defendant has insight into the harm he's done. Out of the National Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers, a fe- heartstrings heart are hard burn at federal judges' musings on defendant's right and right of allocution, Judge Mark Bennett. A good allocution can be beneficial. So what do all this mean? Well, we will start. We're interested in a defendant who has the capability of introspection and who comes to grips with the impact of his offense on others. Another person? No punishment will be enough, he said. If I could go back and change everything, I would. Another person? I'm persuaded that the defendant is as sincere and demonstrates insight about the crime. Another? Allocution is very important. I like to have conversation with the defendant. I believe that one's Mark Bennett. I want him to apologize to the victim and his or her family, particularly if they're in the courtroom. Another? Allocution, however, changes this. When I see the defendant has insight into the harm he has done, and when I see the defendant has insight into the into the harm he's done, I repeated that. Next, I am looking for remorse and insight as to why he did what he did, and what he's going to do to make sure to make change and make sure it doesn't happen again. Next, this is impressive. It's very important that lawyers prepare a client for allocution, even if they have gone to trial and do the job they were trained to do. Start paying, and lastly, start paying restitution, even $25 a month, and don't show up in a luxury car that costs $900 a month. And so ending, you have a choice. Preparation can lead towards a successful life after release. Consultations are on me. Thank you. I have a number you can contact me. Consultations, as I said, is on me. My email address is there. No matter where you are in the process, there are things that we can do. And what's most important is that nobody, no attorney, No lawyer, no consultant can promise any outcomes. It just cannot be done. No judge at the BOP can be second-guessed. On any given day, they can make their decision, and it may be the same or different, but we cannot promise what that decision will be. I hope everyone has found this helpful, and I am... I, all my information is available on my website and no obligation to you. And again, I wish you all good luck. Have a good day.